the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua, Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Would you join with me and let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. We love you, we praise you, we honor you, we thank you. Lord, pour out your Spirit upon this program today and upon all the listeners. Oh Lord, our heart is to be a light, a light to the nations. And so I ask, oh Lord, that you would touch our hearts so that we truly can have the heart of Messiah and that we can really come to a place where we're a light at all times. So, Lord, I bless you, I thank you, I honor you, and I pray that you would receive all the glory. In the name of Yeshua, amen. So last week we talked about uh, being called to be a light. Let's continue, because that's an important topic, wouldn't you agree? I want to thank you, by the way, for supporting the Heart of Messiah radio program, and uh, you've been a blessing. I pray that I have blessed you, too. You know, looking at the 2018 finances, I realized that we fell behind. So in order to stay on the radio, it's important to turn this around. And I'm going to ask you to call Karen at 813-831-5673 if you would like to help support this program she'll she'll handle your gift or go to our radio ministry uh, website uh, online heartofmessiah.org well I'd like to start out with a scripture nugget and since we're talking about light uh, for the second week Uh, Let's use Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light 
and kings to the brightness of your rising. Isn't this scripture a summary of what God wants us to know and what he wants us to be? Um, Number one, it says that our light has come. And so we need to know that Yeshua, the Messiah, our Messiah, is our light. Secondly, it says, arise and shine. So that's really a reaction to knowing Yeshua. Arise meaning get up. Don't be lethargic. Don't be passive. And shine. So wherever you go, whatever you do, let people be able to see your light. Third point from the scripture is there's darkness throughout our country, throughout our world, all around us. There is plenty of darkness. Four, God will be all over us. Whether we're speaking to the darkness or we're in the light or wherever we are, God will be with us. Five, all people will be attracted to our light, even important people because God is with us. Amen? Okay. So last week we had uh, a look at Exodus 27, verse 20 and 21, which told us about the ner tamid. You remember what ner tamid means? It means eternal light, and that God required an eternal light by the ark, above the ark. And so we talked about our needing to also have God's eternal light within us. And that's possible with the power of the Ruach HaKodesh that is in us, which was represented, remember, by the pure oil needed to light the eternal light. We also need God's power, God's Holy Spirit, in us to keep our light burning. And we too then will become Ner Tamid, which is eternal light. We also looked at Exodus 29, verses 44 to 46, which help us become that eternal light. We looked at the word sanctify, which means to separate in order to make holy. And we looked at the tent of meetings representing our temple as we are the temple of the living God. And then... We were going to get to that third point, that third important word in Exodus Exodus 29.44. So it's also part and important for us to understand this word so that we can be a light for the Lord to the nations. The word is altar. And an altar is a structure made for sacrificing for religious purposes, right? Right? In order to be a light for the Lord, we have to be willing to make sacrifices. Put ourselves on the altar before God. This is a huge and an important topic. A sacrifice is when you give something up that you thought was valuable for something that has an even greater value, right? Now, it's a little strange because as we think of the word sacrifice, it is only a sacrifice when you think that you lost what you uh, had a greater value, what you lost, than than what you've received. So, uh, unfortunately, many people only look at their sacrifice and they don't look at what they've received. And so they see their sacrifice as a chore, right? 
An example of this is when you get married and you put aside a career aspiration because it wouldn't have worked in the marriage. When you are focused on your spouse being most important, it really isn't a sacrifice to put your career at a different level because you got your spouse and your spouse is most important. But to some people, it would be a sacrifice because their spouse is not as important as their career, right? Now, it's the same with God. How important is God in your life? If the most important thing is God, then whatever you have given up to serve him is not a real sacrifice. Consider it a blessing, what you have received. However, the way we use the word sacrifice when we give something up it means that we, when we give it up, we've sacrificed. And I really think that is kind of an incorrect way to look at it. When the Israelites sacrificed animals on the altar, those animals had real value. And the fact that many of those animals had to be perfect, they had even greater value. However, they were saying God's value to them was greater than the animals that were being sacrificed. So what areas do we have to sacrifice for God in order to be a light and one that continually continually will burn before all men? Well, three I'm sure you know about. Uh, They're the three T's, right? Time, talents, and treasures. My fourth one, you might not really have thought about, and that is emotions. Okay, let's take these one at a time. Our sacrifice of time is broken into a couple categories. One is our time with the Lord, and the other is our time helping others. And I would hope that you would feel that your time with the Lord is not a sacrifice. It is a blessing. And the time you have helping others is a blessing. So the time you sh- you give up should not feel like a sacrifice, but rather a time where you are serving your God and King. What could be better, right? Kind of dovetails with the second one, which is talents. Giving of what we are good at to serve our congregation, our family, our friends, and others. So let me repeat. Giving your talents should not feel like a sacrifice, but rather giving back to God for the gifts he has given you. Could you find a better investment than doing that? The third category is treasures. We are to sacrifice by giving finances and other things of worth. If you're not tithing to your home congregation, you are missing one of God's greatest blessings. And then to give offerings to various people and ministries is how God uses to build up the body and show people our light and our care and our concern. Let me repeat, giving up our treasures through tithes and offerings pale to the blessings that God gives us in return. So that brings us to the fourth category, 
And this is the really difficult one. I mean, maybe for you, the first three are difficult. And I've seen people in our congregation where they have struggles giving their time and giving their talents and giving their treasures. I get it. I get it. But I feel more people have a struggle with sacrificing or giving up their ability to be emotional in non-productive ways. <laughs> are, are, you, are you with me, right? I believe this is one of the hardest things to sacrifice. Time, talent, and treasures, they're tangible. And so we just give a portion of what we have. That might be hard for some, but it's relatively easy compared to emotions. To sacrifice our emotions is extremely difficult. But it is an enormous part of being a light. First, it means we recognize the fact that it's not all about us, right? God is more important than we are. And his ways and his purposes are more important than we are. But it also means that other people are more important than we are. And that can create some problems. The question I always seem to get is, does that mean I have to be a doormat? And, you know, as soon as you say the word doormat, the people are expecting me to say, oh, no, 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 of course not. But that's not my answer. My answer is it's better to be a doormat for the king than a servant who gets reprimanded. And I'm just saying that being a doormat is really, if it's for the Lord. I mean, the Lord was a doormat for us, wasn't he? Right? Yeshua was a doormat in in that sense. He allowed himself to be hung on a cross. So we need to allow ourselves to be in situations in order to bless others and bless the Lord. God further says, um, in Phili- well, actually, before we get to that, God, God adds to the fruits of the Spirit, right, the word self-control. So what is self-control? It's learning how to control yourself or your emotions. So in Philippians 2.3, it says, do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourselves. So if somebody else gets um, noticed for something that you did, it's okay. God, God sees it. He's got it covered. So it requires us to not be judgmental if we care more about other people. It requires us to forgive constantly. It requires us to not get angry It requires us to have a spirit of and a ministry of reconciliation to reconcile ourselves and others to each other. It requires us not to hold ill thoughts about someone. And it requires us to not hold a grudge. Often our emotions rule our beliefs, our actions, and our thoughts. If your emotions rule your beliefs, then facts and the truth become immaterial. In other words, the facts and the truth don't matter when you are going to be emotional. So people like politicians can use their emotions to change the facts, and they don't realize what they've done. 
So that's how powerful our emotions can be. So here's a real-life example. Some people absolutely hate President Trump. So they're not willing to say anything he does is good. They are willing to blame him for everything bad. So this is an example of emotions that are not being controlled and where they seem to rule that person's existence. It doesn't matter whether we're Democrats or Republicans, liberals or conservatives. This behavior should bother everybody. I use this example because most of us can see it and we understand that this is something we see politicians do on a regular basis in a not very nice way. However, it is much more difficult to look at yourself and see when you do this. Look, our emotions are fragile. Though we react differently when we are hurt, most people feel emotional hurts and most people will react unless they have great self-control. Three of the emotions that cause us not to be a light, okay, so this is the negative, are number one, fear, number two, hurt, and number three, pride. And pride meaning feeling better than others, because there's a good pride as well, right? If you're happy with the job you've done, that's fine. But uh, if you feel that you're better than others because of it, well, we'll see. But let's look first at fear and hurt. I think they sort of go together as to how we should look at it scripturally. But Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Now, if you wanted to change the word to do not hurt, for I'm with you, do not be dismayed. It's the same thing. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Both of those things require us to trust God uh, above everything else. When we're dealing with emotions, it's all about our relationship with God that causes us to actually have self-control. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So self-control certainly is a product of being able to discipline yourself. However, I find that oftentimes I'm not strong enough, and learning to rely on God is my only way to keep my light on in difficult circumstances and situations. We see in 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And look, perfect love drives out hate too. And and, uh, I mean hurt. You know, it's very hard when we feel loved perfectly to feel hurt, even if somebody hurt us. So the question is, Do you truly know that God loves you, and do you sense his unending love for you in every situation? If you do, you can overcome fear, you can overcome hurt. Now, we're not talking about the fear from danger. We're talking about everyday fear that we get from being in difficult situations. I believe that both fear and hurt can be conquered by trusting in the Lord. The more we can overcome these emotions of, of, uh, you know, fear and hurt, the brighter our light 
will appear to everybody. Pride's a whole different thing. I believe pride's a sickness within our emotions. Please don't mistake what I'm saying. As I said, pride for a job well done, that's great. That's positive. Uh, just means we appreciate something we did well. But pride in the negative is defined this way, a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in conduct. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble there's wisdom. Or Proverbs 16.18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 8.13, to fear Adonai is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and a perverse mouth. Look, to summarize what we have to do with our emotions in all of this, I think 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may lift you up at the appropriate time. Cast all your worries on him, for he cares for you. Uh, you know, a further thought about being a light, by the way, is, I, I love this, in Psalm fifty-six, fourteen, it says, For you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Focus on that last phrase, that I may walk before God in the light of life. What is the light of life? Well, we see the same verbiage used in Job thirty-three, twenty-nine, and 30. Indeed, God does all these things twice, even three times with a man, to bring his soul back from the pit, that he may be illuminated with the light of life. And now look at John 8, 12. Yeshua spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see the connection between the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Covenant? God wants us to be set free by the light of life, which is Yeshua the Messiah. When we make Yeshua our all, when we follow him, when we trust him, when our life is all about him, then we have the light of life, his light in us. John 1.4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overpowered it. Well, look, this is the end of our time today. It's just, I, I love talking about us being a light, don't you? Are you motivated today to be a light to everybody? Think of who you're going to see today. Is there somebody you don't care for that much? Are your, Is your countenance going to be negative or is it going to be positive? Are you going to show everybody that you come in contact with today that you are a light. And for anybody who's a lone ranger, get out of the house and see people. God is not calling us to be a lone ranger. He's calling us to be part of a congregation, to have a congregational home, and that will be a test as to whether or not we understand God's light and whether it truly is in us. It's all about God's light in us. Okay, well, thank you. You you know, your continued support shows us that our program is touching you, your heart, giving you a heart like the heart of Messiah. So be a light. 
and ask your friends to join us on the radio program. And join us at Shoresh David Messianic Synagogue. We'd love to see you. Remember to talk to your Jewish friends about the Lord. Why don't you bring them to our services? Our congregational website is shoreshdavid.org. That's S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. Let's come together, bring Jewish people to the Lord. That surely would display our light. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah, filled with light. Join me as we close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.